We continue together with our opening hymn. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and one another. Almighty God, source of all that is, giver of every good gift. You create all people in your image and call us to love one another as you love us. 
We confess that we have failed to honor you in the great diversity of the human family. We have desired to live in freedom while building walls between ourselves and others. We have longed to be known and accepted for who we are while making judgments of others based on the color of skin or the shape of features or the variety of human experience. We have tried to love our neighbors individually while yet benefiting from systems that hold those same neighbors in oppression. Forgive us, holy God. Give us eyes to see you as you are revealed in all people. Strengthen us for the work of reconciliation rooted in love. Restore us in your image to be beloved community, united in diversity, even as you are one with Christ and the Spirit, holy and undivided Trinity, now and forever. Amen. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thought, thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the book of Exodus. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Hear what the spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Carlos, you are muted. Thank you. Psalm 19 will pray the psalm responsibly. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. One day tells its tale to another. And one night imparts knowledge to another. Although they have no words or language. And their voices are not heard. Their sound has gone out into all lands. And their message to the ends of the world. In the deep has he set a pavilion for the sun. It comes forth like a bridegroom out of his chamber. It rejoices like a champion to run its course. It goes forth from the uttermost edge of the heavens and runs about to the end of it again. Nothing is hidden from its burning heat. The law of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and gives wisdom to the innocent. The statutes of the Lord are just and rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than are they than gold, more than much fine gold. Sweeter far than honey, than honey in the comb. By them also is your servant enlightened. And in keeping them there is great reward. Who can tell how often he offends? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Above all, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not get dominion over me. Then shall I be whole and sound and innocent of a great offense. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I'm reading from a letter from Paul to the Corinthians. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immortality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell on a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, and do not complain as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. 
So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Hear what the spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said to them, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This gospel is one of those that can be challenging for us to interpret and to understand. It's one that can lend itself to problematic interpretations, especially between Jewish and Christian relations. For many, it is one we are accustomed to hearing in terms of how those in Jesus's time were failing to worship God as they should. This is not entirely wrong, but it's also not entirely correct. We have to situate this gospel in the context of when it's being written and who it's being written for. Jesus is speaking internally as a Jew to other Jews, not as an outsider to a group of people he is not connected with, but rather as one deeply embedded in the faith with a deep stake in how they worship and how they do that well. 
Jesus is critiquing those within his own community to call them not away from one practice, but back into a fuller, more realized practice of being in relationship with God. It is comforting to hear that the debate about how to worship correctly isn't exactly new. We can get caught up in our Christian communities about how we used to pray versus how we should pray now, what devices we should be using, which prayers, which bulletins set up in style, how we should gather in our sanctuary, how the altar should be set, what color should we use for what season? Should it be right one or right two? Should we kneel or should we stand? These debates are nothing new. I take comfort in that because it can feel sometimes when we have to adjust or shift the way we worship or pray or try something new that we could be shaking some foundation of our church that could topple the whole thing over. The truth is the church has always been changing. We've always been experimenting with new ways of praying or being together. And we've been debating since the beginning of time how to do it correctly and how to do it well. Our worship has pieces of how it would have looked in the various early days of Christianity, but more than anything, what we do does not look like how they worshiped in the early Christian church. Certainly this year has broken us a bit of that obsession with doing things correctly or rightly. We've had to pivot and worship in a way that is completely foreign to all of us. And yet today we are celebrating one year of worshiping together online. I don't know if that's really something we wanna be celebrating. It's actually something we probably mourn that we haven't been together, that we haven't been able to pray in the familiar ways. But there's a resilience born of seeing what can happen after a year of praying online. It has highlighted what we miss. It has made us more adaptable and more flexible and helped us connect to the heart of what it is that makes church, church. We are always changing and addressing how to be in relationship with God. Amy Jill Levine, who is a well-known Jewish scholar of Christian texts who I've taught on and preached about frequently, of this particular text interprets it not as Jesus saying that sacrificial acts are wrong, which is what some people have interpreted this text as, right? Jesus is driving out those who are selling sacrificial animals, and it's been used as a way to critique the Jewish people for being too obsessed with money because he's pouring out the coins, all of that is really degrading to Jewish practices and Jewish beliefs. We don't want to characterize the Jewish people as being obsessed with money or that their way of worshiping was particularly wrong. So what exactly is happening? Jesus is critiquing, as Amy Jo Levine suggests, Levine suggests, not that they have sacrificial acts or are exchanging money for animals for sacrifice, but rather giving a larger critique of these particular people in this particular way, that their lives are not embodiments of the holy commandments and the way in which we are called to act seven days a week. 
she points to the idea that these folks are ones who are holding up an image of faithfulness on the day of the Sabbath and around worship, but that their, sec their lives outside of the Sabbath in the secular world don't reflect their beliefs and their practices. Jesus is calling them to be the faithful people of God, not just on this day, in the way in which it helps them support their families and, and grow their wealth or uh, to appear to be holy, but to truly be holy seven days a week inside and outside of worship. It's interesting that we hear this gospel paired with the Ten Commandments. It points to the way in which we are constantly trying to learn how to be the holy people of God and how to worship God well. The Ten Commandments name the, the, the need for us to keep the Sabbath. And yet it also names all these other things that we are called to do, not just on the Sabbath, but on every day of the week. In many ways, our scriptures today are pointing us to how do we live as faithful people in the entirety of our lives. To draw ourselves away from just how do we worship here well, but how do we be Christian even when we're not in this Zoom space or in this sanctuary or in these pews. This is easier said than done. To be Christian and to live our Christian ideals inside and outside of our houses of worship, to weave that faith into every aspect of our lives is incredibly difficult. Scott Gunn, who uh, is a priest and uh, oversees Forward Movement, which is a publishing company with the, uh, the, of the Episcopal Church, and Bishop Michael Curry, presiding Bishop Michael Curry, spoke in a podcast about the way of love, which is um, a rule of life that presiding Bishop Curry has set out for the Episcopal Church. Uh, the way of love points us to the ways in which we follow Jesus. And they described it in their podcast as the need to have a Jesus-shaped life and how difficult it is to do that. We are Christian inside and outside of these walls. Every aspect of our lives intersects with our faith because our faith is a foundation for how we interact with the world how we interact with our neighbors, with our friends and our family, how we interact with justice issues and political issues. I know, and I've heard it in this community, that it is difficult to hear things of the secular world in this space. Because when we start to talk about, talk about justice and outreach work, it can feel as though we're talking about politics. It can feel divisive, and polarizing. It puts our hackles up. But the truth is, even though our politics and our work in the world has been politicized, at the root of it, each of us is coming to it as a Christian. And we should, as we encounter these questions about how our world is run, how we care for one another in this country or in our city, that each of us should be driven by our Christian values and beliefs in all aspects of our life, even in the political ones. And the issues that have been politicized are actually deeply spiritual issues of how we care for our neighbor and how we love one another as God loves us.
Jesus does not allow us to keep the status quo. Jesus constantly calls us into space to be uncomfortable, unsettled, and to live into new ways of being. We are being encouraged and called and nudged and pushed in many ways to be Christian even when it is uncomfortable, to look at the way in which our faith and how we pray and how we live in the world intersects and comes together so that we are Christian every day of the week. Perhaps we spend less time focused on how to kneel or stand correctly or at what point we should sing what song and be more concerned with how our actions outside of these walls live into the basic ways in which God has called us to be God's people, to care for one another, to uphold the commandments, and to love one another as Christ so deeply loves us. It is because Christ loves us and loves our neighbors that he calls us to be so incredibly uncomfortable, to challenge the power in the world, and to exist, pray, and be in new and unsettling ways. Being Christian does not always mean being comfortable, but it does mean bringing about the kingdom of God to do the work that allows all of us to experience the peace, the prosperity, and the love that God has for all of God's children. Amen. Together we join on page eight of our bulletin, professing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We virtually greet one another. May the peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. As we enjoy our offertory music, I'll remind you that there are instructions of how to text to give in our bulletin. All that we do and accomplish is through your great gifts. Uh, you can give through texts, online, and through mail. Thank you for all that you give to support our community. Thank you. 
In peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Kyrie Elysium. Let us pray for the church and for the world. God of love, we pray for your church, for Michael, our presiding bishop, Greg, our bishop, for all lay and ordained ministers, and for all who seek you in the community of the faithful. Equip us with compassion and love to carry out your work of reconciliation in the world. God of love. Hear our prayers for the church. God of freedom, we pray for our nation and for all nations of the world, for peace and unity across barriers of language, color, and creed, for elected and appointed leaders, that they would serve the common good, inspire all people with courage to speak out against hatred, to actively resist evil, unite the human family in bonds of love. God of freedom. Hear our prayers for the world. God of justice, we pray for the earth, your creation entrusted to our care, for the animals and birds, the mountains and oceans, and all parts of your creation that have no voice of their own. Stir up in us a thirst for justice that protects the earth and all its resources, that we may leave to our children's children the legacy of beauty and abundance that you have given us. God of justice, Hear our prayers for the earth. God of peace, we pray for this community, for our local leaders, for our schools and markets, for our neighborhoods and workplaces. Kindle in every heart a desire for equality, respect, and opportunity for all. Give us courage to strive for justice and peace among all people, beginning here at home. God of peace, hear our prayers for this community. God of mercy, we pray for all in any kind of need or trouble, especially those on our parish prayer list. Jillian Barlow, Jim Cameron, Glenn Crosby, Glorian Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Mark Hall, Lord Lorna, excuse me, Hamill, Bob Hayward, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Peter McIntyre, Linda Mullen, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Reed Ellis Sullivan, William Victory, Vivian, Ann Walsh, Julie Wiegand, and Peter Wiley. For those whose lives are closely linked with ours and those connected to us in, as part of our human family, especially those with birthdays this week, Pat O'Neill, Deb Crosby, Jane Smith, Angie Strauss. For refugees and prisoners, for the sick and suffering, the lonely and despairing, for those facing violence, for all held down by prejudice or injustice. Awaken in us compassion and humility of spirit as we seek to serve Christ in all persons. God of mercy, hear our prayers hear for all who are in need. Yeah. 
God of grace, we pray for those who have died, especially Digby Coleman, Evelyn Kenny, and those who mourn. For the faithful in every generation who have worked for justice, for prophets who called us to racial reconciliation, for martyrs who died because of hatred, for all the communion of saints, make us faithful to your call to proclaim your good news by word and example, and bring us at last to the glorious company of, your, of the saints in light. God of grace. Hear our prayers for those who have died. Grant, O oh God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease. That our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Together, we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we pray for spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are truly present in the blessed sacrament of the altar. I desire to offer you praise and thanksgiving as I proclaim your resurrection. I love you above all things and long for you in my soul. Since I cannot receive you in the sacrament of your body and blood, come spiritually into my heart. Cleanse and strengthen me with your grace, Lord Jesus, and let me never be separated from you. May I live in you and you in me, in this life and the life to come. Amen. For birthdays this week, I believe we have Deb Crosby, who's here. Uh, is Jane Smith here? I'm not sure if I see her. And Angie Strauss, who I believe is here. And happy birthday to Laura Prince, whose birthday is tomorrow. Are there any other birthdays or anniversaries we need called out? All right, let us pray together. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts, may your peace, which passes all understanding, abide all the days of their lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us bow before the Lord. Grant, almighty God, that your people may recognize their weaknesses and put their whole trust in your strength so that they may rejoice forever in the protection of your loving providence through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 